This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon where every Sunday, most every Sunday, pretty much every single Sunday, you get this all over again. You get me and Maureen because you give at the five or ten dollar a month level and that gets you access to a very special Sunday version of says who that we call the town watch if you give it that ten dollar a month level you also get a subscription to the says who sticker club which means you get an amazing sticker in the mail every single month and at about this time of the month every single month i freak out about the fact that i haven't done the sticker yet so you get to do that to me too but it's okay i like that kind of pressure anyway patreon.com slash says who uh, listen, hey, 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 look, I, I wrote all these books I told you about. I'm going to tell I'm going to emphasize a different one today. Ooh. I wrote a, a little book called Your Guide to Not Getting Murdered in a Quaint English Village. I like that one. It's a fun book. It's, I also say it's a great gift for that, like, person, you know, that watches a lot of, like, murder mystery shows. And you're like, I got to get them something, but I don't know. And it, you want it to be around $15. Well, this is it. <laughs> it's also fun for you. Had a lot of fun writing it. We're going to be writing some more with that publisher, but it's going to be a little bit different. It's not going to be that guide. It's going to be something much cooler. Well, that's fun. So, but I'm just saying that's a thing. I wrote a lot. It's like I'm very. I live in the murder space. That's all right. I had to have a virtual chat with my gynecologist yesterday. Whoa. Okay. So they had to do a test, and they were like virtually. They, well, they did the test in person. Oh. Like I had to. I have an ultrasound done, but then he had to tell me what the results were. But he was like, "They're fine." All right. Because they were checking for cancer, but like it's that th- it's that time that they anything happens and they have to check for cancer. And they're yeah. like, it's probably not cancer. And it wasn't um, okay. very lucky, you know, but like he just called and he was and I had so much trouble setting up this fucking appointment down. OK, like at one time I had this appointment and they sent the totally wrong person. She's like, hi, my name is so and so. I'm a I am not your doctor. I was like, OK. So anyway, he was like, so uh you're writing these days and i was like well you know murder mysteries and he was like oh and he sounded disappointed and i oh, could no. i don't think he mean meant to be i just think it came out really weird um because that's not really well he just it just sounded like he made a weird noise like ah, i don't know what to say to that he was like ah so it was weird okay my gynecologist is also a tv gynecologist naturally for a while he was the good morning america gynecologist yes of course his name is jacques moritz and he's always he's very french (laughs) except he's not french at all well somehow (laughs) that was maureen plugging her books if you would like to buy books one time i had he's done surgery on me twice and one time he did surgery on me and they accidentally dosed me twice with drugs in the recovery room. Okay. They gave me two doses, a dose an hour apart. Okay. So they gave me something huge and then they hit me again with something and they couldn't wake me up for 12 hours. Oh, good. That seems, I'm glad you've stuck with them. That was because I think that it was the hurricane had just hit in New York and all the hospitals sure. were full and everything was crazy and they yep. didn't have any beds in the hospital. And somebody fucked up and gave me two doses. Hey, all the hurricane hit. It's double dose night here at the hospital. Let's do it. I'll tell you something. That was like being in the movie Memento, Dan, because I, I kept bet. I kept waking up every hour or two hours for, for about five minutes. And I'd be in a different place every time. And then I would grab the closest person and try to communicate what was happening, which ended up being my mom a lot. I was like, I can't wake up. And then she looked at my chart and discovered that they had dosed me twice. Well, perfect. And then, uh, so every time I woke up, I was in a different place, but one time, and he walked by, Jacques Moritz walked by once and went, you're a little sleepyhead, aren't you? And I went, uh, and I found out again. One time I woke up and there were photographs on my abdomen. Sure. So somebody had left me some pictures of the, of my surgery, like inside of my body, like, I had been at a cruise on a cruise and gotten my picture taken with a pirate or something. Like they left me souvenir photos. <laughs> they just kept wheeling me around. It was so weird, Dan. Anyway, uh, your guide to not getting murdered in a quaint English village, truly TV series, have all that. 
Yeah, uh, sure. If you want to buy books, because that's what we were talking about mm-hmm. for the last five minutes. Yeah. Certainly. You can go to kickbezosintheballs.org, our own little bookshop, where you can get quick links to Maureen's book. You might remember back to the beginning of this episode before we went on a long diatribe about uh, gynecology. Mm. That was the book Maureen was talking about was the, your guide to being murdered in the quaint English village. Here's a quick link to that book right there over at kickbezosintheballs.org. If you're buying things on the internet, you can also go on over to merch.sezupodcast.com where you can buy Says Who merchandise. And you can also go to shop.dansinker.com. That's my own little shop where I sell one thing. It's an orange patch that says trying. And you know what? If you're on the internet at this point, you've gone to a lot of websites. If you like going to websites, do I have a website for you? It's called questionmark.town. It's the little story that I'm writing along with a friend, Joe Mino, that takes place across the internet. Question mark dot tell. He was also in a movie. Your gynecologist? Yep. Okay. He was in a movie called The Business of Being Born. All right. Well, my, I mean, my, that makes sense. My gynecologist has an IMDb page. <laughs> Do you guys compare them? No, it's just I, when sometimes when I have to look up like his office number or something, his IMDb page comes up. Perfect. He's a really good doctor, though. Other than the whole double dosing and leaving photographs on that your belly. That wasn't him. Oh, okay. I mean, he's well, just the surgeon. Good. Once you're left in the a recovery room, you know, someone else takes over. He, you know, he doesn't do that. All right. Well, that, glad, nothing glad to do with him. Know. That okay. happened in the recovery room, Dan. All right. That was Don't some. Worry, Jacques Pepin. That was some nurse that what he was, was the one. Jacques Moritz, he no. was the one that one time when I woke up at a surgery, I don't know if it was that one or the other one, I heard him saying that he was keeping 80,000 bees in a house in upstate New York. Sure. He's that guy. Okay. That I was like, and then later when I woke up again, I grabbed him by the arm and said, did you say you have 80,000 bees in a house in upstate New York? He's like, you heard that? And then I passed out again. In an act, I like that he doesn't mean... In like a beehive. I like to think that he has a house that like the party house full of bees. I like to think it's a hostage situation. We once years ago, years and years ago, we camped on the property of a friend's parents that they lived in rural Oregon in the middle of a forest. And they had a house that was quite a moldery old house. We did not sleep in the moldery old house. We slept in a tent outside the house, as I believe did our friends. But then their parents came to the thing and they discovered that there were bats in the house, specifically in the walls by the bathroom. And so what did the dad do was suddenly we woke up and there he was with a chainsaw on a pole cutting a giant hole in the side of the house so that the bats could fly out. That sounds like my solution to the problem. Yeah. That's how I would handle it. That's that's immediately what I thought of when you said a, ba- a house full of bees. It was a well, similar situation. When I woke up from my wisdom tooth surgery when I was in college, I remember the, the doctor was telling my mother he was buying a pipe organ from Vienna. And I've become convinced then that when you've just had surgery and you're still half asleep, the doctor will come and whisper a weird secret about them. And he'll go, you'll never remember this, but I've kidnapped 80,000 bees. Like they, you're like their confessor. They come and they tell you their weird secrets <laughs> with the assumption that you will, you never, will never remember. Yeah, you'll never remember. They just want to tell you that this weird thing that they're doing, <laughs> I just needed to tell somebody. Do you think that we should start the episode? Yeah. <sighs> Ah, disappointment. Yeah. We had just done something totally different, and I was like, well, maybe we just do this the normal way. Right. Yeah. Do all surgeons, you think, have weird hobbies? Probably. I think that, I think if you are busy cutting people open most of the time, you, A, you are amazing, great job, you, B, 
I think you've got uh like you just yeah, you've gotta do something a little different to entertain yourself. You got a secret room full of harmonicas or something? Yeah, exactly. You got your harmonica cave. Well, uh, to says who the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's my gynecologist and all his bees. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. Maureen, I don't mean to jump right in here. I know we've only just started. Sure. We've only just welcomed people. Right. But I just got an email. I have somehow gotten on a series of remarkably trash mailing lists. (laughs) Michigan dentist and his revolutionary use of artificial intelligence technology for dental implants. That's the subject line. They want me to write an article about this guy, a Bingham Farms dentist. Bingham Farms, Michigan, well known for its cutting edge technology. Is using artificial intelligence to create dental implants. I don't think that's, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I don't think that's what he's doing. Like a smart tooth. I want a smart tooth. Just everyone go. gets these really wild, totally insane looking teeth now. Or like, they're just. The AI made it. They're like built in Alexa. And it's always playing you the wrong song. It's like, and I'm trying to eat. And it's like, you're listening to Hotel California. No, stop. Um, I have to go to the dentist on Thursday, Dan. I'm not happy about that. My two children just went to the dentist yesterday. And uh, it was rough. Mm. It was not a a good day at the dentist. Turns out that a long-ranging global pandemic doesn't do great things for your teeth. (sighs) Especially if you're very young and had not really had a lot of dental care ahead of that pandemic. But... You know, we'll make it through. Maureen Johnson, how mm. are you? Dan, mm-hmm. as I told everybody on the bonus episode this weekend, I have destroyed yeah. my happy pleasures. You sure have. I feel great. No more happiness around you. No, freedom. I'm free. I'm free. I feel like I just, I just, you know that part in Poltergeist where the woman goes, this house is clear like that. Yeah. Maureen is saying this while over her shoulder, I can count three separate planners. There's five. (laughs) (laughs) But they're not planners. Well, I'm glad you've gotten rid of your planner problem. There's four blank notebooks. Okay. And that's only because I'm just picking. I have these two. And I'm just picking which one of these I want to start using. That's all. Okay. I I brought two out of the closet. I'm told this one is very good for not bleeding through the pages. Okay. This Rodia. Yeah. Told it's good for that. Okay. This is obviously a very nice moleskin, large classic. Yeah. That kind is too big for me. It is. It's nice though. It's a large size to me. Too big. It is. But the advantage is you can just jot a lot in there. You, You can do a lot of jotting. That's true. Then I took the destroyed innards and I rebuilt, and this is just my notebook, Dan, that's um, that's actually now how I want it. It's just, it's just notes about projects. And I made these awesome fucking labels, Cooper oh, Black. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Everything now has a Cooper Black label. Yeah, that's right. That's because you are a woman of, of, of taste and refinement. So everything now in my closet has a yellow label with black Cooper Black typeface so it all looks like the pea candle (laughs) it's perfect i had to explain the pea candle to the organizer like why i had a candle that said pea tape on it (laughs) (laughs) and then i heard myself saying that was the number one selling candle in america for a while and Mm -hmm. she said oh it's true because what do you say it's like but it's it's like at least that's appropriate not like when i'm like i write mystery now oh i believe it is still the best-selling candle on kickstarter Ever. I mean, not that that's a heavy category. Right. But, you know, it's not like games or something. Maybe Still, when you though, just look up hoochies all day, you don't know how to respond to, like, other types of jobs. Oh, because you said you worked on murder? Yeah, like, I, I'm like, I, well, yeah. I'm really writing a lot of mystery. Oh! Maybe okay. he's a secret murderer. Mm, and he's like, she'll be on to me. I hope not. Quick. 
I, he's quickly going over in his mind whether he told you about his murder bee house. Murder bee house. Do you know that James Patterson, because he is the best, I love James Patterson because he's the most balls out. He goes out, used to go out every Christmas with a commercial that was like, buy my book or I'll kill the character. Like he's just, <laughs> he doesn't give it, he doesn't give any fucks, Dan. Yeah. And he wrote a book once called Murder House. Yeah. And the commercial was the greatest commercial of all time. I have to send you the link to it if I've never sent you the link to the Murder House commercial. It's like, he's a cop. She's she's hot. And then they go to the house. And then I'm like, I'll have a house and I'll have Murder House. And then I have Murder House. Good one, James. Murder House. That's the text of the commercial. I'm not even joking. It is the most bonkers commercial that's ever happened. It's just literally him rambling. He's a cop. There's a dead body and they're in a house. So I called it Murder House. Murder House. Good one, James. Murder House available in December. <laughs> and then he sold 20 million copies of Murder House. He he and his machine and all the people yeah. that actually do his write his books. Yeah. Because he doesn't write them. Sure. No he way. Kinda, well, no, he, he like, this is not a secret or anything. Right. Like, he kind of gives the idea he's like murder house go and then they hire somebody and they pay them like and they go and they write it they i think they used to get i don't know if they used to get credit or not because now they'll have their names on the front like with so-and-so or something i, don't know if I just realized that, that his whole life has changed with chat gpt generate 10 book titles in the style of james patterson oh, yes Let's hear it. Let's go. Murder at Midnight, Dangerous okay. Games, Ooh. The Silent Witness, The Devil's right. Playground, Killer Instinct, Deadly Secrets, The Final Target, Twisted Justice, The Midnight Betrayal, Gone in the Night. What was the second one? Dangerous Games. I like that one. Yeah. That's the best one. Yeah. Anyway, he can just print that shit out and hand it off to his little collection of writers. That this whole AI thing is mm -hmm. driving me bananas. Because it it's, makes teeth now, apparently? Well, it's just that, don't you feel like this is just another existential threat that they decided to really start hitting us in the head with hammers with in the last, like, six months? Yes. And now this person, some tech bro, is like, I developed a, pl a thing that's like an AI that just generates your writing for you. And basically, he ripped off a bunch of writers and put it all in his big terrible machine he's I mean, like he ripped off the internet yeah but i think he i think he specifically solicited a bunch of people okay basically took their stuff um but it's also like what if i took the best part of something like the only part that requires that's the enjoyable soulful communicative good part and wrecked it I think I have a slightly more nuanced take on it. Okay. Because this shit writes like trash. Oh, yeah. Right? And so it hasn't, like, so, A, I will say, question mark Ohio could not exist, have existed last year, right? Like, we are using all sorts of fun little tools to make things, at least little bits and pieces of what we're doing, right? Um. And so I've kind of come to realize like, A, it's terrible at actually being creative, right? Like what it's really good at is replicating garbage, mm. right? Is it because all these things are are fancy pattern matchers, right? Like the way your phone suggests uh, the next word to write when you are typing something is basically what this thing does just in a much more sophisticated way. And so things that are easily patternable, right? For instance, James Patterson titles, right? Like you could generate 600 of those titles and they would all sound fairly like his thing, right? Uh, but things that are actually creative, not very good at. Also, interestingly, I've discovered that the image ones, which are truly, like to me, they are more astounding than the, than the um, text ones because of the things that, that it is able to do in non kind of garbagey ways, but they can't f make shapes out of clouds. And I love that because that's like what we do as people. <laughs> I do like that. I find the image ones 
fascinating and dreamlike. Like they seem to capture some weird part of the subconscious. Well, and they, all of them, you can push them in really interesting ways, you know? I don't know. I, I, I tend to think that the like, well, they're just going to replace us as artists. It's like, not really. Like, like if I was a lawyer, I'd be fucking freaked. Right. Because lawyers mostly write some boilerplate shit. Right. Like it can write boilerplate like a fucking pro, but can't write your book. No, but I mean, it can do a lot of garbagey stuff. Oh, sure. And I just meant like specifically this tech bro trying to do this thing is so garbagey. Yeah. But I just feel like no more threats. No more like don't tell us that, that there are sea monsters right now. We've had enough. Yeah, okay. I buy it. Like, here's another thing to worry about. <laughs> or don't worry. Do your thing. Write your murders and disappoint your gynecologist. He's not disappointed. I don't think he I was. I mean, he might be. I don't think he is, Dan. Maybe. I don't think he is. Okay. I think, he, I think he thinks you're onto him. <sighs> and his bee murders. Has there been a rash of people dying of bee stings in upstate New York? Hmm? Hmm? Yes, there has. Hmm. Are they all around a certain house? Yes, they are. Hmm. Murder bee, bee house. There have been a couple of murder books that have a bee, a bee sting. Most famously, the fifth murder in, uh, and then there were none, is bee related. Okay. But bee my and fa- bee related. My favorite murder I've ever read in a classic mystery was a doorknob. Killer what? doorknob. There was a killer doorknob. That doorknob was what killed somebody. Like the in the house in the Beauty and the Beast house, it was alive. No, it had a hidden poison spike in it. Wow! And when you turned it, it yeah, a little spike it, came it, on. Yeah, a little and, spike yeah. into your hand. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yep, it was amazing. So good. Murder doorknob. Murder doorknob. That's a whole series now. Look, I'd like to see a kind of home renovation combination murder mystery thing where one thing that's built, it's like, we'll give you this house and we'll renovate it and we're going to completely do it over. But one object in here will will kill you. I like it. I like it. (laughs) You do like an HGTV. Yeah. And you just have to survive 24 hours. And if it doesn't kill you. You know what? You could even just call it house hunters. But it's the house that hunts you. Yeah. And if it doesn't kill you in 24 hours, you win the house and they take it out. That, we need to start pitching that. That's a great right show. Now. Yeah. I would I watch told- the shit out of that. You've got a combination of your HGTV shows, your cable ghost mm-hmm. shows, mm-hmm. your true crime shows. Yeah. All of it, all in one thing. It's a good, it's a good idea. Yeah, it's a really good idea. I'm watch- I may have mentioned before, we watching the super dumb, like new Netflix cooking game show. Where you basically, everybody starts with $25,000 and they have to bid on these food boxes to make yeah. the ingredients. And then as they're kind of mid-cooking, the chefs send out like more shit and they all have to like, uh, and it goes up for auction. Yeah. It's like you're trying to make a Mexican meal, but they didn't send out any guac ingredients or any. And then you're like, I have to get that that guac kit. Right. So I you, know, you end up pay- paying $6,000 for an avocado. Yeah. It's a weird show, but I really like it. <laughs> but Dan. Maureen. Tell me something I don't know. The or tell me about Ron DeSantis. Heaviest avocado ever produced weighed seven pounds. Is that true? No, I just made that up. Okay. But now I want to know. What's the world record avocado? 5.6 pounds. It's a big avocado. Yeah, my made-up one is heavier, though. I want to see this. There's got to be. A, wow, it looks like a, it looks like one of those little seedless watermelons sitting on a scale. It's a big one. That is a big one. It was grown in Hawaii. This was in 2019. Good for them. Oh, they applied for the record in 2018. Good for them. It was approved a year later. Well. Good job. Anyway, what? Just what's that? One, one quick question: Who are you rooting for in Taskmaster this week? <sighs> I 
I just have to very quickly look up all their names because I never remember there's all their Ivo, names. There's Ivo, there's May, there's Kyle, yeah. there's yeah. Jenny, and there's um, Scottish guy. Uh, right. Oh, God, what's his name? Yeah, see, that's the thing. I can, I swear I can hold, I, I can see all of their faces. This fat, oh, here we are. Frankie Boyle. Frankie Boyle. Ivo Graham, Jenny Eclair, Kyle smith Bino, and Mae Martin. I like all of them. Yeah, that's a good cast. The thing that I, I think we've discussed this before with Taskmaster is by the end of the season, I'm like heartbroken that I won't see these people again. And then the new season starts and I'm very skeptical of every single person. I'm like, well, these people aren't as funny as the last group. I'm not going to fall in love with them like I fell in love with the last group. And then I do. Yeah. And they're all amazing every time. Whoever cast that fucking show is a genius at yeah. putting together just an incredible group of people. There's always someone at the very beginning that I'm like, well, they finally found an annoying person. And then by that, by the end of it, I like them a lot, too. There was one annoying guy. Not thought, this season. Before Patty, I thought was annoying. OK, I mean, there have been a couple of annoying people, but I feel like that was especially early on. Yeah. When they were still kind of. Trying to figure it out, but boy, I love this group a lot. Oh, May, so good. Kyle, yep. though, it's just, I just have a real soft spot for Kyle. Kyle is my favorite, and I feel like he yeah. has not gotten the 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 points that I feel like sometimes he has earned. Ivo has, is winning my heart in a lot Ivo of ways. Ivo is remarkably good at dry humor. He went I to like Eden. all of them. He's had a lot of weird things happen to him. Yeah. He had to I wear do. those baggy trousers and the do all the weird eating stuff. Yep. But Dan. Hmm. Let's talk DeSantis. Oh, okay. Okay. Just do let's it. Let's talk, Maureen, because first of all, this week, in theory, is when Ron DeSantis announces that he's running for president. Really catching the momentum right on the downslope. So that's perfect. I didn't even know this. Has he announced it yet? He has not announced it yet, but the current rumors are that it is going to happen this week. Exciting. Yes. And what perfect timing, because last week, the latest salvo in the war between Ron, De the, the one-sided war between Ron DeSantis and the Disney Corporation took a new turn when Disney announced that they were canceling the planned construction of a $1 billion corporate campus in the Orlando region of Lake Nona. It was going to be home uh, of 2,000 Disney employees, including most of the Imagineering team that was going to be moving from California to Florida. The 2,000-person uh, campus was fueling a speculative real estate development across the Lake Nona region, which is a planned development near the Orlando airport. The dominoes from Disney's cancellation will have a big impact in the area. It was sort of a win-win for Disney because the moving of 2,000 people from California to Florida was wildly unpopular among staff. Uh, they originally announced it back at the original blow-up around the Don't Say Gay bill in Florida. And it was actually one of the things that fueled employee walkouts at the time. So they are able to make their staff happy and fuck with DeSantis all in one fell swoop. But for the region which one would think a governor of a state would care about. That's 2,000 people that would have bought houses or rented apartments or bought condos or whatever that are not going to be doing that. There's a massive construction project, and all of the jobs that come with that are now gone. The new jobs that would have been created, not just for the people that moved, but for janitorial staff and food service people and all the other things that go into a giant corporate campus, all of that's gone too. So good job, Ron DeSantis. I mean, this guy. Yeah. He's like a real Wiley e. Coyote kind of a character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's always blowing himself up. He is. I mean, he's a doing a whole lot of bad shit, too. But this specific thing seems to be uh, seems to be him demonstrating just how deep a hole he'll dig instead of climbing out of it easily. So, you know, taking a $1 billion hit seems like uh, something. Disney has also now kind of punched up their 
uh, language around future development at Disney World, where they keep sort of saying, well, we've got $17 billion earmarked uh, for Disney World, but we'll see how business conditions hold up. So, you know, they're 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 basically saying, well, we've already pulled one billion from your state. Maybe we could pull even more. Nice state you got there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice Central Florida tourism industry you've got there that we created. Be a terrible thing if something happened to it. But Maureen, this is the war on Disney, along with many of the other things that DeSantis has done over the last year, is really about appealing to a rapidly uh, tiny conservative base in advance of his expected presidential announcement, which, like I said, is likely coming this week. And I have read more and more coverage. You might think back to like six months ago where it was like, oh, Ron DeSantis could actually be Donald Trump. Well, the good news is that isn't the case anymore. The bad news is it seems to be directly related to the more legal trouble that Donald Trump gets in, the higher his poll numbers go. Till now, DeSantis is now polling well behind Trump uh, most places. Cool. Speaking hey, of Trumps. Hey, Dan, remember yeah. how we're going to spend the end of this year and all of next year doing um, Trump versus Biden? Mm, maybe Stock you up. are. Like, we're, no, I think that this really is our commune. We're all huddled. Like, come on, everybody. This is real blanket fort time. This is us <laughs> huddling together. Get in here. Uh, speaking of Donald Trump and his legal woes, E. Jean Carroll is now seeking new damages for Trump's comments about her and the winning lawsuit that he gave on the CNN town hall. Real brilliant, brilliant planning there. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how that works. Because I'm not a judge or a lawyer or anything, Dan. I know that you sometimes think I am, but I'm not. I so often I, I do. I don't know that. Can you just add damages on? I guess you can. Yeah. So it turns out that there are two suits, one of which is done and one of which is still in process. Um, and so these are added to this is added to the suit that is still in process, which is uh, which is a pure defamation suit. Okay. Um, but one would think if you want a defamation suit. So it's up, it's it's with the same judge. It is, but obviously it was a jury trial, right? But one would think if you won a defamation suit and then that person immediately defamed you in the exact same way after they had already been fined, you've got a pretty good case. Yeah. I would imagine. So that aside, which should probably propel Donald Trump to even higher poll numbers, I guess. Ron DeSantis limping to the starting line of his presidential run. I now the feeling because I, I know we have discussed this before where it's like, well, he feels like kind of inevitable. Now I kind of wonder how long he'll even last. Yeah, he's just so weird. He's a very weird dude. Did we he, ever discuss him in pudding? Yes. OK. Eating the pudding with his hands. With his fingers. With three fingers. Mm. Um, well, speaking of other conservative shitbags from Florida, Maureen, who are trying to polish their conservative standings likely for another failed presidential run, Marco Rubio. Oh, come on, Dan. What are you doing to me here? Do you know the podcast that we do, Maureen? Why? Yeah, but do we... Do we have to do this is what I'm saying. Like, strictly speaking, do we have to just Marco Rubio? Just does that have to be a thing that we do? I mean, it's a it's a brief moment. Even a brief moment with Marco Rubio. It just feels like a weird creature that lives under your floor that every once in a while just pops his head out. Yeah. And you're like, ah, shit, I forgot I have a thing living in the floor. Well, this week he popped his head out and decided that even though he is the senator from Florida, mm -hmm. that he had strong feelings about what the Los Angeles Dodgers were doing for their single pride night that they were running. And sure. he needed to make a big fuss about it. Okay. 
because uh, while Los Angeles, the last time I checked, is extremely far from Florida. Yeah, it's pretty much as far as you can can get get. unless you're going to Seattle. Like if you're playing um, the train game, um, what's the train game? Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride. That's a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. When you're trying to build your train line from Los Angeles, you got to go like down in Arizona and you got to get those those eight black cars that go. And then you need that one like that one like kind of just like a pink one. It's super. Yeah, it's real. It's real long. Yeah. They're far away from each other. But the Dodgers announced their Pride Night lineup and included uh, some drag activists called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. For some reason, Marco Rubio decided to attack the Dodgers for the booking, calling the sisters anti-Catholic or some fucking stupid shit like this and making a whole big deal about it. And because apparently the Los Angeles Dodgers were born yesterday, they took the bait. Yeah. And uninvited the sisters. You would think by now, Maureen, that organizations would fucking know better than this shit. But apparently not. Exactly what you would expect happened afterwards. It turns out the capitulating to the demands of a shitty senator who represents the views of a tiny fraction of people does not make you very popular among literally everyone else. Yeah. Pretty much everyone else that had agreed to attend the Pride Night dropped out. Many, many more people than that, including mayors and things like that all around the region, criticized them about canceling the sisters. They ended up looking like full shit bags, which they were. Yeah. So good job looking like that. You did that to yourself, Los Angeles Dodgers. Anyway, flash forward to yesterday. The Dodgers realized, well, this shitstorm that we thought we were heading off actually drew us right into a much, much larger shitstorm that we actually care a lot more about. So they issued an apology. They reinvited the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, who accepted everything's back to normal there. Seems like, Maureen, a lesson that the Dodgers really should have already known and instead of just learned is number one, don't fuck with drag queens. And number two, don't listen to tiny pockets of conservatives getting high in the fumes of their own fever swamp. This lock between drag queens, the transgender right, the issue of transgender rights and their eroding, um, and also um, abortion rights are all now locked together. Oh, yeah. And they've always been together, but they're now like the the official obvious locks are becoming more apparent. Um, and also the absolute shitstorm against all books. Yep. Just books in general. Yeah. The concept of books. The concept of books. The concept of books. All those empty Florida libraries. I mean, we have it all over now. I mean, the Florida is just Florida just sucks in a lot of different ways, really specific ways. But it's not like we're any better in other places. Yeah. But we are true. What did I say earlier? (laughs) Uh, No more gynecologist has a murder bee house. I mean, I know that, but I'm just saying like he. Yeah, I don't want to. It's too much. It's too much. All right. Well. This episode of Says Who is brought to you. No. Well, Maureen can change the subject slightly to uh, yet another conservative crusade. Because the last week, the state of Montana became the first state to ban TikTok. Good luck, Montana. Yet another example of how conservatives who are constantly railing against big government nanny states don't give an actual shit about any of those values when it comes down to it. The ban on TikTok, which Montana is the first but definitely won't be the last to enact, is ostensibly, as Montana Governor Greg Gianforte, a guy who, if you remember back before he was governor, he ran for U.S. House of Representatives from Montana, and he was most not- known for choke slamming a reporter from The Guardian. Anyway, he is now the governor of that fine state, and he tweeted, quote, to protect, he's doing it to protect Montanans' personal and private data from the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. It's fun, Maureen. 
for me is someone that has been involved in a bunch of different open internet causes for a very long time to see conservatives pretend to care about data retention policies. Mm-hmm. It's really great. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it a lot. But anyway, the ban, of course, seems like a violation of the First Amendment. It also seems impossible to enforce. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. What the fuck does it mean to ban TikTok in Montana? Apparently, come January 1st, if you offer TikTok on your app store, so that mm-hmm. means if you are Apple or Google, you will mm-hmm. receive a fine if it's offered in the state of Montana. I don't really understand beyond that. Like, I drive through Montana some summers or sometimes I camp in Montana. I have TikTok on my phone. Mm-hmm. Can I not, like, is it somehow blocked at an ISP level when I enter Montana? I don't, it, it is one of those things that I think both at a technical level will prove to be useless, but I think probably will be thrown out by a court before that because it feels very hard to make a case that this so, is this is anything but pieces of shit being pieces of shit. Like, what if you buy your phone in another state? <laughs> Right. Like, I don't know what it means. I just don't know what it means to ban TikTok in Montana. Like it's I don't think they know what it means to ban TikTok in Montana, honestly. It's like saying you're gonna ban clouds in the shape of starfish. Like I don't know how you do that. Right. I just don't know how you do this. Yeah. It, it, none of it makes sense. Uh yesterday, a coalition of TikTok influencers sued Montana because they are basically claiming that Montana is fucking with their livelihood. And today, TikTok itself sued, citing, quote, abuse of state power in passing the ban, which honestly seems probably fairly accurate. Yeah. Also, I really look forward to them being swarmed and eaten by 15-year-olds. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Uh, like I said, this is not the only state that's trying to ban TikTok. Even at the federal level, there are attempts by conservatives to ban TikTok. Conservatives had TikToks in their crosshairs, ever since, let's go way back to the summer of 2020, that fun-loving summer of 2020, when we were all washing our groceries. Uh, Because back then, users of the app were credited in picking up thousands of tickets for Trump's kickoff re-election rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Trump's team thought that so many people had acquired tickets that they actually built an entire overflow stage outdoors. Yet it turned out that only a tiny fraction of the overall tickets that they had moved actually showed up for the rally. One fun footnote that I had completely forgotten about until I wrote that sentence, Maureen, because there were very few people there. One of the people that did show up was was, was Herman Cain. Yeah. Conservative businessman, one time per two time presidential candidate, uh, owner of the Godfather's pizza chain, shows up, contracts COVID just a few days later, Mm -hmm. probably from that event, and dies a month later. Yeah, it literally killed him. It killed Herman Cain. Also, that I think was really the brainchild of a bunch of BTS fans. Like, I think it was organized by K-pop fans. Yeah, I mean, so I did a little bit of reading to figure it out, and it seems that nobody nobody can quite discern whether any of the things that it was, like, the organizing that it was attributed to, whether it was TikTok, whether it was K- K-pop fans, whether it was K-pop fans on TikTok, or whether it was just a bunch of Trump fans who thought that the best thing to do, because that's what they kept being told to do, was to get tickets, whether you were going or not. Like, nobody actually knows why they sold so many tickets and so few people showed up, because they had such a shitty system selling right. those tickets that they can't really Did trace anything sell- back. They were they were free, right? They weren't. They, to, yeah, they were. Just but up. you had to sign up for it. Like a, a register, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Trump was so outraged, <laughs> despite the fact that Nobody knows for sure whether TikTok did it or not. They they are the ones that got credit. He was so outraged that he almost immediately began to beat the drum about how TikTok was secretly stealing all of the data of America and selling it to or giving it to China that owned them and blah, 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 blah. And he demanded that the company be sold. And and it did, in fact, 
they they spun out or or it was going to they spun out the U.S. kind of portion of TikTok and they were going to sell it to Trump supporter Larry Ellison and his company Oracle and also apparently Walmart. I just read this today and it was like it was like I was reading something through a hazy fog <laughs> of the past because who the fuck was paying attention to who was buying TikTok in like September of 2020, like a month before the election. Uh, but that deal actually went through and was making its way through regulators and things like that. But then the election happened and Trump lost. And very pretty quickly, the Biden team put the whole thing aside. And TikTok is still owned in the U.S. by ByteDance, which is a Chinese company. But that's what kicked it off. That's what has kept conservatives kind of hounding on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I would gut though that the thing that really drives it is the fact that it is a place that youth organize themselves and often organize themselves against the very causes that these conservatives are are endorsing and i think that's probably the real threat and not the theoretical threat of data being held at a in a chinese server or some weird shit like that well things are great well Tell me more, Maureen, about your gynecologist. Um, he sounds like another agent. I know he has his like a voice double for just another guy I know. And so whenever I hear his voice, I'm always like, oh my God, is that Stones? I'm like, oh no, it's Dr. Moritz. It's very off-putting. <laughs> I really like he's really nice though. He just joined this new clinic that's very fun, 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 fun. Like he's the new uh-huh. medical director of this clinic. I think so he doesn't have to do... I don't think this guy ever slept because he was always like being called out to deliver babies and he always looked exhausted. Yeah. So he's now the... Deli- I, I go to a clinic now because he's there and it's very... It's it's like a, critic, a clinic run by a bunch of crystal bitches. You can just tell <laughs> like you go in and it's a very Instagrammable waiting room. Okay. It has like curvy, beautiful sofas and multicolored walls. You can take your, you know, like some light up neon. It's got everything you need. A multicolored yeah. wall, a light up neon something. Uh, and then I like a fridge full of those recess drinks, those like CBD drinks. Wow. And then one day I just <laughs> went looking around to see how many crystals I could find in the waiting room. And I think I found five. Okay. So it's very like, whoo, but then you go in and it's like, just a gynecology appointment, but the, they have super nice robes. They're not paper robes. Yeah. They're like weighty, really comfortable robes. Well, that's nice. Like they feel like robes that you would just like to wear. Okay. So that's nice. You ever asked him if you could just wear one out? They're very like eighties looking too. Like they have this like very like triangular pat. Like it's very, they all, even the robes are kind of Instagrammable. Okay. Well, there you go. So it's like, they're like, what if we made a medical office, but we made it super Instagrammable? What if? All right. What and they if? did. They, they did. did. They did it. They did it. They didn't ask if they could. They didn't ask they if they should. They, could. they didn't ask if they you should. Know, it's not the worst, then. It's no, not the I worst. It sounds nice. Yeah. It's like, why not make your office like a more pleasant kind of pink color instead of that weird beige yeah. Those like kind of beigey chairs and there's always like a infomercial only channel playing on the wall. That's none of that. This is all crystals, CBD drinks, and a bunch of like weird health books. Like okay. your brain that is a little disconcerting when you're it going is a little bit like your brain is doctor. your feet or whatever, or like the the whole health plan to only eating rocks or something. You know, it's just yeah. Actually, then put in chat C B D. Make up a bunch of products from Goop. Okay. Let's see. This is exciting. Okay. Give me a list of 10 made up products that could be featured in Goop. All right. Here are 10 made up products. Ooh, they're even writing them out. That could be featured in Goop, a wellness and lifestyle brand. Number one, Aura Cleanse Crystal Water Bottle. This water bottle is made of specifically selected crystals believed to enhance the vibration energy of water. They actually have that. 
organic moon dust face mask. They have that, I think. A luxurious face mask infused with rare moon dust particles and organic botanical extracts, promising to rejuvenate and restore your skin's natural glow. Zen hug meditation blanket. This ethically sourced organic cotton blanket is embedded with soothing vibrations. Features built-in speakers that play calming soundscapes to enhance your meditation practice. Glow goddess illuminating body oil. Harmony tea herbal infuser. Chakra balance crystal healing kit. Serene slumber sleep inducing pajamas. I love love that. that. These premium silk pajamas are infused with natural lavender and chamomile essences designed to promote a deeper, more restful sleep and help you wake up feeling refreshed. Harmonic Harmony bat sound bath speaker and lighten essence. Uh, the best thing about this, again, with the funny pattern thing, every single product, the first two words is actually one word with an intercap. So Aura Cleanse is Aura Capital C Cleanse. Mm. Anyway, Harmonic Harmony is all is 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 also a combined word there with a capital mm. H on Harmony. Uh, Enlightened Essence Aromatherapy Diffuser Necklace and Mindful oh. Mist Energy Clearing Spray. Wow. Okay, two of those are just. First of all, that the Aromatherapy Necklace. I'm so. That and the and this those pajamas, yeah. Someone will make those. the t- The first one they have that you can definitely buy a water bottle with a crystal in it. I'm sure that's standard. The my favorite thing that I ever saw in Goop was they were selling. They were selling a hand weight. Okay, it's like a hand weight, Dan. It was yeah, like it was a three pound hand weight, but it was made of marble. Okay. So it was a three pound marble. It was just a block of marble. It was like 150 bucks for one hand weight. It was, and it was a three pounder and you could just lift this marble hand weight. And the best part was the description was weighs 2.2 pounds. (laughs) I just had it regenerate and it mostly repeated itself, but it came up with a great one at the end. Crystal infused energy bars. Fuck yeah, let's go. Delicious energy bars made with organic superfoods and infused with the energy of carefully selected crystals. Let's go, Dan. Yes, let's go. That's our next million, Maureen. Dan. Dan, let's start a let's let's start a let's start a like a, a site. Let's start selling shit. <laughs> I I know a guy. I'm Dan. Let's let's do energy infused pajamas. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Let's it's on yeah, now. Wait, let's fund our commune with this stuff. That's, I believe, that's how a lot of this gets started, isn't it? Yeah, but this is how. Let's fund our commune with this stuff, and selling a line of crystal-infused things is the very start of a story that ends in the murder bee house. Yeah, I, I want. Uh, aromatherapy diffuser necklace sure why not give me that crystal infused the crystal infused bar i want it to have, <laughs> so our good. bars will have actual pieces of crystals in yeah exactly <laughs> they're infused they're baked in there's a whole amethyst in here <laughs> whole geode has an added bonus of really cleaning your intestinal tract out it's it's like sending some steel wool down Let's Enjoy. go. Come on. I'm in. I'm in. Well, well, we're busy doing that. Says Who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon where pretty much every Sunday you get this all over again if you give it the 5 or $10 a month level. And that $10 a month level also gets you a sticker in the mail because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email it, hey, that is H-E-Y at SaysWhoPodcast.com. We're on Mastodon at Says Who at OMFG.town. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. There's also the fan-run Discord server at tinyurl.com slash Says Who discord you can spread the word subscribe and please leave stars and reviews on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever it is that you listen and you can join us next wednesday may 31st for our very next episode i did that all in very few breaths we're sending out healing vibes crystal energy 
um, Moondust to Hank Green. Uh, yeah, we sure a are. Mutual friend who ha- was recently diagnosed with cancer, uh, has a very good prognosis and has started treatment, and just that he has uh, as easy a time as possible getting through chemotherapy and that he has lived. Yeah, for real. For real, for real. I am hungry for some crystals. Dreamweaver Lucid Dreaming Sweep Sleep Mask. I like that one. Unlock the hidden realms of your dreams with this innovative sleep mask. Embedded with advanced neurostimulation sensors, it gently nudges your mind into a lucid dreaming state, allowing you to explore and control your dreams like never before. I want that. Yeah, I like that. We'll sell that. We could sell a million of those. Oh, now this one is, is crystal-infused chocolate truffles. Yes, let's go. Let's fucking go. Indulge your taste buds and revitalize your energy levels with these decadent chocolate truffles. Each truffle is delicately infused with a blend of energizing crystals, providing a delicious boost of vitality and mental clarity. Yes. That mental clarity comes when you're trying to pass that crystal. I'll tell you that much. Ah, Just all those broken teeth you've got. Mm. I used to have teeth, but now I have crystal energy in my intestines. (laughs) Just your intestines are full of crystals and teeth. <laughs> Good. Yum. Yum. Crystal-infused teeth is what we should do. Oh, yeah. We loop right back to that smart tooth. Yeah. Oh, hey, look at that. Callback. This is the battle between AI and crystals. <laughs> Who will win? Zen Pet's calming collar. They have those. Yeah. They have Moonlight those. Manifestation Journal. Oh, yeah. Harmonic Hairbrush. Yes, let's go. Experience the perfect harmony of beauty and well-being with this uniquely designed hairbrush. It combines organic bristles with sound therapy technologies to stimulate scalp circulation and create yes. a deeply relaxing experience. Let's start selling magic combs, Dan. Let's I do it. it. Come on, let's go. People will buy this. People will. Like, seriously, Dan, all you have to just, you're a guy that makes merch. We can 100% do this. Yeah. I mean, you all you just, this one, I feel like all you got to do is source a cheap hairbrush and give it a nice box. People are going to be like, do you remember when Dan and Maureen were nice people? And then they started hawking all that weird shit. And now they're kind of evil. I remember hearing that episode. But we're going to make it popular. So we're kind of going to be a cross between goop and gap. So gop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's it we're gop <laughs> nothing we're, rolls off the tongue like gop we're gonna make crystal infused chinos <laughs> <laughs> when uh when i first started traveling to la a bunch for work i was staying at a hotel down the street from a dispensary that clearly was trying to kind of put itself in the category of like we're a dispensary that looks like the apple store right wellness it's a wellness space yeah and they were advertising uh cbd infused track suits (laughs) no yeah no yeah come on yeah dan Come on. Come I'm not kidding. Dan, I had him come, like hanging up. No, come on, Dan. Stop it. God. That's definitely worth it. <laughs> From my basement in Chicago, where I'm it's, busy manufacturing okay. with quantum healing bed sheet. Listen, Dan. That was like, a new one. These high tech bed sheets are embedded with quantum sensors that emit healing vibrations while you sleep. Listen, Dan. Are chinos, but they're all scratchy on the inside because <laughs> they're so full of crystals. Generate five products for the goop, goops, goop catalog that are based around chino pants. All right, five fictional products. Zen chinos experience mm. the ultimate comfort and style with our Zen chinos. No. Made from blend of organic cotton and bamboo fibers. These pants offer a relaxed fit. Nope. Chino pant meditation cushion. Nope. Chino pant, this is, they're just like, we're going to put the word chino pant in front of things. Uh-huh. Chino pant travel organizer. Chino pant laptop sleeve. 
chino pant yoga leggings. <laughs> All <laughs> that right, it's pretty funny. Wait, wait, wait. I'm I'm stepping back. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm inching back. I'm listening. <laughs> Elevate your yoga practice with our chino pant yoga leggings. Yes. These high-performance leggings combine the flexibility and comfort of yoga pants with the classic aesthetic of chino pants. Yes! Yoga chinos. We've done it. We've found it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I want to go to yoga, but I sort of want to look like I'm on a yacht in the 80s. Welcome to chino leggings. Okay. All right. Dan. I'm just asking it now. How do I make Chino leggings? No. Please generate a similar list, but don't use the word Chino pant every time. There we go. Now we're moving. Okay. Serenity lounge trousers. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Dan, I got to go. I got to hang out with a bunch of bees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. And from uh, a house upstate New York full of 80,000 bees, I'm Maureen Johnson, and this has been... Gop talk. Yes. We're going to make so much money. God, our comments going to be so good. <laughs> let's go be, let's go get rich. <laughs>